Hello and welcome to Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com. Still part of the 24-7 network. I am still Mike Casaza. Chris Anderson is still on vacation. News is still happening everywhere we look around the WVU sports map here. Recruiting both sports, football and basketball. Players leaving, players arriving for basketball. Players pitching all sorts of things for their name, image, and likeness opportunities. And we haven't had a podcast in far too long. Time for a Q&A episode here of Country Roads Confidential. I will take you through by myself. Get through as many questions as we can today. And as always, serve up a written format with some of the questions that maybe require more thought, more research, more words than I should be pouring out into a microphone all by myself. It's going to be tough to hear me talk for, oh, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes. But then if I can ask you to read a little bit more of my words, uh, perhaps I can reward your time and investment there. We'll see. Pressure's on for me right now. And then we'll get back to normal. Chris will be back. Funny anecdote here. As you know, he and I live in different parts of the country. He is stationed in Richmond. I am stationed in the shadow of the football stadium in Morgantown. The funny thing that people always note about us is not only that, but we have rarely met, which is true. That was true. We probably met more in the last month for football camps than we had um, collectively in the first four years I worked here in the, oh gosh, I don't know, eight years before that that I knew him. And when I say knew him, it was trading messages and email and things like that. But he is on vacation now, and he can tell you where. I'm not going to do that because, I don't know, maybe you'll get a wild hair and you'll go down there and visit him and blow up his spot. I don't know. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell you where he's at. But here we are, two people who work with the same company, the same website, who spend a lot of time talking together on a microphone or offline. We actually vacation in the same area, too, unknowingly. It's a pretty remote spot in West Virginia. As you know, Chris has family from the state. I have friends and my friend's family from the state. And you'll remember not long ago, I went to a place that had no internet connectivity. That's where Chris's is. Not the exact same spot, but it's a certain part of the state. And pretty green, pretty cool, pretty beautiful. And again, pretty unplugged from anything that's going on. Which, If you're Chris right now, you can understand. A whole lot is going on, has been going on. And we'll definitely get into that today. It's Tuesday. West Virginia has received, I would say, significant roster updates, recruiting class updates the past two days. Cornerback Jacoby Spells on Sunday, 4th of July. Running back Justin Williams from Georgia on Monday. Spells is a composite four-star, one of the fastest kids in Florida, American Heritage, and his stock took off when he switched from receiver to cornerback. Is recruiting done with him? No, it never is until you sign the papers. I know that one. And a South Florida kid, hey, you know the track record there. We'll see what happens. But boy, he certainly says all the things that make you think his commitment is pretty strong. And then Justin Williams, a running back, really kind of in the mold of who they're bringing in here. You know, guys who can maybe play every down, but who could also develop into pass catchers, um, you know, different types of running back concepts, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm not as articulate with that as I should be, but we wrote something not long ago about types that they have, and he certainly fits in the type, a guy who already has done multiple things and and has shown skill. He's a four-star in another service, a three-star in West Virginia's, or excuse me, in the 24-7 database 
West Virginia is still getting a pretty good player there, a guy who's going to be highly rated and bump this class up, as he already has. You're, you're looking at a class right now that's, again, on the top 25's doorstep here. Um, and by the end of this week, could be significantly better. Um, I wrote about this in my three things on Sunday. There's a chance that by Sunday coming up, two more players commit. I'm not going to give away the identities because if you're not a VIP subscriber, you can get in now for a very special deal online and find out what I'm talking about. But two down, maybe two to go. The first two we knew were coming. The second two, one probably. The other one, not really sure. But uh, there's some math involved here, so bear with me. But if you put those four in and then you assign scores to Eric Burton, and to Zion Young, who are two players that right now do not have composite scores. Now, what does that mean, my composite scores? Well, composite score is a composite of the recruiting industry, and that's what we use for 24-7's composite scores. Not just our rankings. What is everybody involved? Everybody at the seat of the recruiting table, what do they think of this player? Well, until everybody chimes in with that player, he does not have a composite score. Right now, neither Young nor Burton have a composite score. Probably won't be too far away, but... If you assign the 24-7 score that they have as their composite score, and then you add these four commitments, already Spells, already Williams, and the two that we think and or know are coming, they're talking like a top 15 class right now. Now, will that change? Certainly. Other players are going to commit to other schools. Other schools are going to get healthy, and their rankings are going to go up. But, man, post-4th of July, you're talking about a, Firmly top 25, top 20, maybe even top 15 class. That's pretty pretty interesting stuff right there. And that's why Chris is on vacation. It's just been so much right now. Things are spinning. It's very dizzying. The heights that the recruiting has gone. So let him have his solitude and he'll be back on Friday. And there's a chance we do one of these Friday where he and I get together and talk about what's happened because many more things may happen between now and then or maybe – one more thing will happen, and one more thing will be waiting. As you know, Chris, very cryptic. He only tells me what I need to know, not what I have to know. Let's dig into the questions. And again, podcast with some of these answers, written format with the rest of them. First one is from Wicked Jester. I just want to hear you rant, parentheses, you haven't so far, about this NIL stuff. Really, just any more thoughts other than you've already written? Well, Wicked... I've been writing about this for more than a month right now. I've spent a lot of time on this in June talking to people and writing stories about what I thought was a coming storm and a certain type of storm (laughs) that I probably uh, should not specify any further. But gosh, if it hasn't happened, right? um, I don't want to rant on it for for a couple of reasons. One, um, hey, good for the kids. Good for the players, the young adults, whatever. Kids doesn't sound right, but good for the players, Whatever they want to do to make money, good. That's cool. Now, granted, that's their decisions, and I'm not going to agree with every one of them. I've seen wastes of time, I think, by some people doing the pitching. I've seen wastes of money by some people who are uh, sponsoring, I guess, the pitching. That's just not my thing. But, man, I'm not going to have any issue with a player doing something like that. But I don't think that's what you're talking about. I'm also not going to rag on that one guy. That's just not worth my breath. Um, Kudos to everybody for ratioing. That's good. I guess it's exactly what I thought, but also didn't think. 
And what I mean by that is this was so hastily completed. We're, we're talking like 11th hour that the NCAA came through and said, hey, here's an interim policy. We're going to drop our swords here. We got clobbered in the Supreme Court, and this isn't going to work out for us anymore. And yeah, there's a handful of states who have their own laws, but you know what? Everybody else, you go do your own thing, which is classic NCAA. And that left West Virginia to do its own thing. And it has a policy that is, I, I, boy, I'll tell you what, I wrote tidy and thorough. I had a lot of people come back to me. We're, we're talking lawyers, agents, um, coaches, not at West Virginia, former players from West Virginia, reach out to me and say, thorough is not the right word, Mike. Tidy, sure, because it's concise-ish. I don't think it's concise. I think it's long. Maybe I completed the word long with thorough, but um, especially the people who would be involved in putting together these deals. So again, more like or defending them, like more like the legal types, agents, uh, creators, sponsors, things like that. There, there is some wiggle room here. Um, I don't want to get into it. There's, I've already direct messaged this on Chris, and boy, there's a way to bend the rules on this. That's beautiful, um, and it's just phrasing and wording in there. That's kind of funny, um, but. The things that stand out to me are there's no prohibitions for working with recruits. And I just think that's because West Virginia really, even with the NIL interim policy from the NCAA, you still have to have that wall in between a school and an unsigned prospective student athlete, i.e. recruit. So you always hear that coaches can't comment on a recruit until he signs. Well, I'm kind of assuming the same true is here of dealing with a prospective student athlete and his NIL pursuits, her NIL pursuits. If you can't acknowledge this person, um, how can you tell that person what he or she can't do until an N-I, N-L-I, good Lord. How can you tell this young man or woman what to do about his or her name, image, and likeness until the national letter of intent is signed? No more acronyms. It's a good point. How do you do that? I mean, if you can't acknowledge him because of the rule books, how can you advise him because of an interim policy? So that's that's a really dicey thing to me there too, and I think they have to throw a net on that somehow because I'm not saying anything I have seen or know of has gone bad. It's confusing, um, needless I think in some spots, but also there's a Pandora's box there too if you start working with recruits. And West Virginia knows this because one of its policies says that you cannot promise content promise compensation back and forth um contingent upon a player enrolling at your school which is recruiting hey here's here's ten dollars to pitch my website you'll get ten thousand dollars if you sign with west virginia that's the type of stuff they're worried about so they're, they're certainly cognizant of recruiting there too um so that's one what do you do with recruits i don't know personally media is is a bad one for me again i'm, I'm gonna be team media and if it comes to me against West Virginia, me against a school, naturally, this is cats and dogs, black and white, left and right, whatever, just polar opposites and stuff. What they want, I'm not going to agree with. Well, I'm not sure what they want on this thing here. I'm not sure what, what they necessarily want. And I don't want to make this dramatic, but like they don't want players working with the media, period. That's why they have clearly defined policies on player availability and they control who you can and can't talk to. Makes sense, right? But what about now? Can you tell me that I can't pay a football player to pitch my website? Now, maybe I can't because they do have a provision in their policy that says you can't work at the recruiting service. It's 24-7 recruiting service. Maybe. Waiting on a definition on that one. 
But if you start having a pay for access to a player, that's really dangerous. Um, you know, ethically, it's bad too. Like if you're asking me, would I want to have um, just thinking off the top of my head here, uh, Zach Frazier? Um, hey, every Wednesday we're gonna do like a ten minute, you know, pod with Zach Frazier, right? Not doing that. I'm just saying. Well, that's awkward because what if we start breaking stories? And it's not having anything to do with Zach Frazier. It's just that Chris and I are good at what we do. Who do you think is going to get a lot of the blame in the locker room? Probably Zach Frazier, right? Um, and then conversely, like, does Zach Frazier think he owes us something because we're paying him? There, there's a lot of nebulous gray area in there, and I just think that you're better off not even doing that. So I was surprised. I am surprised that there isn't more of a um, clear delineation about media activities, like media that covers a team. If you're a credentialed organization covering WVU, you're not to have any NIL involvement with our student-athletes. Would that be offensive? I don't think so. Not to me. I just think it's, it's boy, it's deep waters down there. And if you start rolling around there, who knows what happens? I, listen, I can go on and on about this. It's it's fascinating to me, but I'm not going to trash anybody yet. I think the best ideas are still yet to come. If you want to know some of the dirt, some of the tea, a lot of the people I talked to said that WVU and its athletes were not prepared for this right away, which is not unexpected. Um, I've heard that players came to people heard from people and said, yeah, I can do this. And then came back and said, nope, I can't. Um, and I've heard that, you know, some of the products so far have kind of given potential sponsors and advertisers cause for pause. You've seen this too, you know, someone in their living room, on their deck, on their couch. I'm not sure that's the presentation, the quality of sponsorship that some of these people who have the money and are willing to give you are willing to do. Look, you're going to have people who are willing to give WVU players money. That's been the case for a long time. Now it's legal. That's the only difference. But man, you'd like to have some quality uh, returning on your investment there too. And rant. Thank you, Wicked Jester. White Rhino, do you think there are any big surprises coming in this class? Cooper, Brown, Basanti, or a big name that's not on the radar? I'm getting greedy. I want everyone. I don't know, and this is the point of the question, I guess. What do I know that maybe people don't? Well, let me spend this back to you. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a surprise? And if we knew there was one, that's not a surprise. And then you would kind of get talked down from that, that that climax ledge there where all of a sudden you get a notification on your phone one day, you know, it's three o'clock on a Tuesday, four star defensive end commits to West Virginia. And it's a holy crap moment. You didn't see that coming. That's the, the, the card that West Virginia has left to play here, right? <laughs> they're, they're getting guys there. Let's go in. It's their recruiting is being covered intensely right now by some people who are very good at what they do. Um, so there are not a lot of surprises. I don't know how orchestrated all this is, but it seems to me that uh, they've lined up a lot of pieces for a parade of, of recruits and commits this week. And that started weeks ago. So listen, kudos to them for being able to get those kids to commit silently, you know, in kind, whatever, and then go visit elsewhere and then stay on the line for a couple of weeks, then come back and actually follow through. That's really good work by the football staff. Um, but we've known a lot of those things, right? Like you can kind of anticipate who's going to commit now. Not just crystal balls, but the reporting, like I said, is pretty intense. It's, it's, there's an intimate familiarity here, so you're going to get good intel. Um, but that one that comes out of left field, that's the cool one. And I think that's what's left. They may get a collection of, you know, highly regarded three stars and four star players. I'm not sure how many four stars are left. Maybe one or two more, right? Um, but you're talking a lot of those teal chip teal chips, upper level teal chips. 
nothing wrong with that, but you kind of know who they are because this has been going on so long and followed so long and the coaches are smart about promoting their work and making it very obvious who we're talking about and what announcement they're talking about. But this goes over the top. If they get the big fish in the boat, no one knows. So do I know any are coming? No. That wasn't your question, though, White Rhino. You said, do you think? I do. I just think that's the one they have left to do. They, they've, they've orchestrated this. The choreography has been so carefully organized and executed. You just got to think they have one that you didn't see coming, right? Now, the thing is, do they even know they have one right now? Probably not. Probably not, because they'd be celebrating that. They'd be spiking the football anywhere they can right now. Um, but I think you could find something that maybe isn't available now that could be available later on. Um, they might find a player who decommits somewhere else that they've been working on, um, and they can take that player aboard. I think that there's something left. I think there's a surprise left. Do I know? No, that wasn't your question. But this has been so fun to track, and they've been so good at it. I do think there's one left they're going to get. They're not going to tell us until it happens. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Moving on. S.G. Taylor, do you think Daigie stays for 2022? And what does a QB room look like if he does? If he leaves, how about that QB competition? The answer on Daigie is, is TBD. If he's good, you got to think about it. Because there's a chance that offense could be very good in 2022. You're talking about a seasoned offensive line. You know, you'd lose Letty Brown unless he decides to come back, but you would lose him. You'd probably have a couple of good running backs, some who have some experience, but the recruiting has been pretty good at running back. And, man, those receivers, if they're better this year, the ones you'd look at to have good years, they're, you know, with a season of eligibility left organically too, not even with an NCAA rule. And then those tight ends would be, you know, bigger, stronger, faster, more mature. So, wow, if they if – they, get on a plane this year and rise to a certain level, and Daigie has a lot to do with that, you could have a whole lot back on offense in 2022. Conversely, if he's just a guy, and, and if he's not much different than he's been his first you know year and a quarter here, let's say on the field at least, um, I know he's been here for, for two full years, but as a player, you're talking, heck, I mean, just one season really, um, 13 starts. I don't know that he'd want to be around. I'm not sure that West Virginia would want him to be around. And that's not like a, a animosity thing or, or anything like that. I think it's just the fact that they've got talent there. Now, the other thing is, if that talent wasn't able to push Daigie off the field this year, like if Daigie was, again, just a guy and was ripe for the picking, and neither Garrett Green or Will Crowder could pick him, what makes you think it's going to happen next year in 2022? So I don't know the answer to that. Now, if he does leave, 
<laughs> I mean, it depends on who much who plays and how much in 2021. If Green, you know, if if Daigie is just a guy, and you put Green in for the final five games of the season or whatever, and he goes four and one, now you got something. You're probably going to go with Green full steam ahead. If Daigie is just a guy, but the other guys don't inspire any confidence to make a change, Daigie leaves. I don't know why Green would be that much ahead of Crowder or Nico Marchio. I think that's where you're going. So it all depends. It just depends. Um, I just I do think this to say this. There's going to come a point, I think, where if Daigie is just Daigie, and it, this may be after a one and three start. I don't know. It may be a little bit longer down the road where you're just like, I don't know. But there comes a point where you know what you have and you don't know what you don't know. And you might have to open up the cupboard and take a look at who's there. Because if you just let Daigie mediocre his way to the end of the season, I'm not saying he will, but I'm just saying if he does not do anything great and you're just a 6-6 six and six team that gets an ordinary bowl game and you never get your quarterbacks behind Daigie on the field where you're stuck and you're really starting from scratch when you don't have to, want to, need to come spring football. So there may come a point this season where mediocre isn't good enough. And what replaces mediocre may be worse, but at least you're getting an idea of who you have and what you have and what you're working with. So you don't start from scratch in the spring with what we said could be a, a, a potent, talented offense there. Layton. Who do we have to kidnap and interrogate to find out what's up with Jalen Anderson? I don't know. This one's weird because when this first came up weeks ago, nothing really to it. Just, hey, the guy's not here yet. You know, it could be later. It could be later. Um, there comes a certain point where you begin to worry a little bit and you you talk to people about it and you don't get answers. And we're we're part near there. You don't get a lot of answers when you talk about this one here. But it may be because what are you talking about? He'll be here. It may be because we can't talk about this. We'll see. I'm not sure if that's related at all to getting Justin Williams to commit. I just think that they want to have a, a – wealth of running backs in the room certainly there's nothing wrong with taking these guys who are four stars or or whether composite or 24 7 four stars nothing wrong with that the answer might be jalen anderson right that's the best one to write to the source but certainly there, there's going to come a time where someone has to get pinned down and say hey just you know little birdie whisper into my ear what's up with jalen anderson are we there yet i don't know but are we on the interstate and see that mileage on the sign that says you know, you're two miles away. We might we might be right about there. We'll see. Hamilton, 2020. It was mentioned when Jamel King committed. The writing was on the wall regarding McBride. Do you think there's any possibility that King commit was a factor in him going pro? Hugs got impatient. Then McBride felt disrespected. Transition into a next question from 2146 ear. Follow up. I look at this a different way. I took it as though there might be someone else in the fold and the King commit meant there needed to be another spot opened up. Is there another transfer on the horizon? Do we just read too much into your comment? All right. I don't think that Deuce McBride got mad because Jamel King committed. I don't think that's a guy who's going to take food off of Deuce McBride's plate, figuratively or literally here. Certainly not now, but I don't think that was a threatening thing. Um, I don't think that McBride got dunked on by King in an AAU tournament and King hung on the rim and pointed at or anything like that. I just I just think that they're two unrelated things. From what I gather here, there is a confusion over what the writing on the wall meant. I believe Chris and I both said this too. Um, there there's only <laughs> there's 
I don't want to get in the scholarship math here, but you have 13 to work with. Let's not count Sherman and Osaboyan. But when you bring King aboard and you have someone else, you hit 13, which means 15, and you can't have a 16. We've heard, and I've heard, that there's something afoot, there's someone afoot. I do not know exactly who it is. If I did, I wouldn't be babbling here a little bit out of my depth. Um, I'd like to pin it down. I think I can soon. I don't think it'll happen It'll be too much longer before it happens, but cooperation, kind of a two-way road here. Cooperation. I can't just go unilaterally here, but I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Um, I don't think it's a transfer. I do not. Um, King was out there late. Could it be a high school player? Could it be someone who's decommitted from another program? You're looking at a lot of NBA teams, or excuse me, a lot of NBA players who are either coming back to their schools or who are staying in the draft, and that's going to force players into the transfer portal. But it's too late for that. So it's not going to be a transfer, I don't think. You had to be in by July 1 if you wanted to transfer and be immediately eligible for the upcoming season. So the whole NBA draft thing, that's not a dynamic I think shifts it, unless it's a player who's already there. But that hasn't been announced yet. I would look for something from the high school ranks. We've heard about reclassification. We've heard about maybe players who are bound for prep schools and didn't. I don't know what it is yet, but could a 2022 become a 2021? Could a prep school kid suddenly be available and change his mind? We've seen this happen. Again, you know, Tyron Woodby is one example from a reclass. Um, obviously, Jalen Bridges is the most prominent example. West Virginia has has ways to make this work. They know how to work the – I don't want to say work the rules. They know how to, to work within the rules to make this happen. And, they, and if you're basketball, you have a pretty good example of what can work. Um, so that that's something to keep an eye on there. And we've seen this, like we've seen them take projects. I'm using air quotes in my office, like Senny Njai. Could it be someone like that? I wouldn't be surprised. Could it be someone who's a 22 who becomes a 21 late in the game, like a Jalen Bridges? I wouldn't be surprised with something like that. I would not anticipate a transfer, especially when you look at the fact that Curry, Willie Curry, uh, Damone Kerrigan, Polly Polycap, Taz Sherman, Gabo Saboyan, are definitely gone after next year. So do you want a guy who's going to come in and give you one more year? No, because now you're creating an extra gap for next year. So that's why I think you're going to see someone probably is a junior college laid out. Maybe. I don't know, because then you're also wasting a year. I shouldn't say wasting. Spending a year, getting that player to that magical second year. That doesn't work for me. So the King thing is super intriguing because that's the best one available maybe. Is there another one available? Is there a way to go that way? Um, I think that there's something lined up. I've heard it. I don't know what it is. If I would, if I did, I would tell you. Next one, uh, West Virginia blessed. WV blessed. My apologies, WV blessed. Whose method of acquiring talent do you prefer? HCNB, be head coach Neil Brown, or Dana's? I will let you do the rest. Good luck. Well, you'd imply that Dana had a method, right? And from what I'm told, he did not have a method. Um, I'll say this. I much more enjoy Neil Brown's mass high school recruiting. Dana became very reliant upon, and I would say oftentimes rewarded for, junior college recruiting and even transfers. Pretty high hit rate on junior college players and transfers. I think Brown, because of his infancy as a, as a coach here, he's going the high school route and he's doing really well. If you ask me to pick one or the other, I would try to get the guys who are going to be here for multiple, multiple years, three, four years, guys who you get to know at the high school level and you develop a relationship over time and they want to be there. They visit there, they want to be there. It's a little different with junior college players. They're trying to get out. 
And you know, some you have relationships with, they end up at a junior college. Some you have relationships with when they're in junior college. Um, I'm not sure that their interest in your program is quite as authentic and as genuine as sincere, whatever you want to call it, um, as a junior college or even a transfer because they just want to get somewhere. And sometimes the first offer, the best offer, the only offer is what they take. And, and maybe that person isn't quite up to the billing. There's less risk involved, I think, with high school players. Now, listen, there's enormous risk with high school players because you don't know how they're going to turn out. They're 17, 18 years old when you're getting commitments from them. And are they going to be that exciting? Are they going to fulfill the promise three, four years later? Who knows? But the fact is, you know them, so you're taking less of a risk, I think. You have more time with them to develop them. You don't have to rush them onto the field. I, I just like that one better. But, again, if you look at Dana's success with transfers, especially the quarterback position, um, obviously Will Greer, say what you will, Skylar Howard was successful. Um, junior college players, offensive line, defensive line, receiver, running back, they did pretty well. So was that a desperation thing? Was it trying to fill gaps? Was it need-based? Maybe, but it worked. I just would prefer the other one better because I think longevity matters. A little bit less risky, too. Oh, bro asks, where do you think we'll place Nico's Heisman statue? Which one? You'll have to specify. Which one? 83-89 grad. Considering the month-long buildup and all the advertising surrounding it, don't you think Shark Week is way past its prime? Shark Week is Jump the Shark? Is it long in the tooth? I'll stop. SG Taylor 24. How many let's goes are outstanding? I believe there's two more. Believe there's two more. So watch out. And again, phenomenal work by the staff, I think. I, I mean, maybe I've had too much Kool-Aid. I don't know. Maybe I was out in the sun too much in June on the fields, burning and melting, watching kids run patterns and seven on sevens and forties and vertical leaps and things. But when, when there's a pretty clear commitment from a player and some of these were let's goes and some of these were, as Chris has explained, coach, I want to commit, but I'm not going to really do it until I finish up my visits. That's, that's quasi commit, but they had a handful of these public silent, whatever. And you let them go, you let them leave your campus and go visit other places, hometown schools, big 10 schools, sec schools, and you still get them to commit. They follow through. They went somewhere else and said, yeah, I still like Morgantown. I still like the coaches there. That family thing was cool. I like their facilities. That's really good work. I don't want to pass um, pass judgment on that. I think it's a good job by them. Swag gear. When, NI, when NIL was first mentioned, did you have any thoughts of being a consultant? Well, you've known me for more than a minute, so uh, you probably have a good gauge of my self-confidence. Um, I'm pretty sure I can solve this problem. But I never wanted to be a consultant because... Well, they'd have to pay me, right? You think these kids are going to pay me? No. Am I going to pay them for my consultation services? No. Quid pro quo? Nah. So, yes, I entertain the thoughts, but I'm also not sure people like me as much as I like me sometimes. Sometimes I'm the smartest man in the room, but I'm the only one in the room, too. WVUG13. I saw Josiah Davis got a ranking by another site. And 24-7 did update its basketball class last week. When is he expected to get a 24-7 rating? I don't know. Um, there are there are dates where they, they do update. One just passed. I, I I did not check on this beforehand. I thought he would get one. Um, did not. 
The next one is a couple of weeks away after some summer events, perhaps in there. I don't have a good answer for you, but I did not want to skip that one. But I do want to give you some insight on what they do. Um, as more information becomes available, people playing events or evaluators are there. These things do happen. As you noted, they did update the class. They'll do that again not too long. Ideally, he's in there. We'll keep our eye on that. M. Scarborough, 76-76, outside of the Virginia Tech game. What is the one game this season that the two of y'all are most looking forward to and why? Well, that's just one to Chris when he comes back. Um, well, sentimentally, I'm looking forward to the Long Island game. Eh, it's just the first home game. It's an evening game. You're going to have a full stadium probably. It's going to be a romp. I think in some regard, that's going to be a big welcome back. I know they had fans in games last year, but this is totally different. And Listen, we're not back to normal. It's it's a big, big step closer toward normal. I think that's just going to be a good occasion. I hope they make a big deal out of it. I don't know, pre-game concert, post-game concert. I have no idea. I just I, There will be some pomp and circumstance involved there, I'm sure. And also, look at all that the team has achieved off the field since then. Um, that's that's pretty good stuff, I think. That's that's just going to be a big occasion. And then, I'm, this isn't this is not the answer, but I want to see how they measure up against Oklahoma. They're going to have two good tests before Oklahoma. And you know, going to Oklahoma at that point of the year, I don't know. Are they going to be great? No. They sometimes slip up early in the year. Don't know. So maybe you get them. Maybe you're a lot closer than you have been. I'm just curious to see what they have there. I'm not expecting a win there, but you could certainly take some value, take some promise out of a loss. Heck, if they win, look out. But I think they're going to be more prepared for that game than than they've been the first two times they've played them or tried to play them against West Virginia um, since Neil Brown has been here. So that's a better indication for me for the quality of the team. Remember, they were they were just in a bad spot before the Oklahoma game in 19, and then. I think they were in a bad spot before the Oklahoma game this past year. Not quite as bad, and, and certainly different situations. They never even got to play, obviously. But um, boy, if they're three and zero, that's really exciting, right? Three and one's okay. Four and zero be awesome. But again, if they're one and two, and they can't show up, never mind show off. But if they just got to get steamrolled again. You got a one and three team, and you're starting to learn some things pretty early in the season. Uh, Christian Shuck, 96. When are you going on vacation again? Uh, end of the month. Have a couple days coming up. So that'll be fun. I don't have a destination. This is actually going to be like a like a lengthier one for me. So sometimes I'll go on that full-blown like 7-day, 10-day, 14-day vacation, depending on where I'm going. Like Italy a couple years ago, did like the full 14 days. I think last year I did 7 when I went to the beach in Georgia. I frequently do like just like weekend getaways. I can do more of them because, like, if you take a big vacation, people notice that. A little pro tip for you here. Take a big vacation, people notice that. But if you're just doing, like, three days here and three days there, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, eh, it's a weekend. Everybody's off for the weekend, right? They don't notice that. Just a weekend, you're going away. Oh, I'm off on the weekend, too. I'm going somewhere. Cool. Except I don't get to do that. I spend so many of my Saturdays in a press box, or used to, will again, football and basketball, that my wife... Her family, my family, they, I don't know, I don't get to see them very much. We don't get to do things together. So during the summer, a lot of people I want to see, especially this year, right? We haven't seen people on a normal basis for quite some time. So getting away, doing stuff on the weekend, that's kind of fun for me. But I don't have a destination here. I kind of have one, I don't know, tell me what y'all think. Y'all been to Smith Island? Supposed to be fun? Very sleepy, that's my speed. But crabbing, fishing, biking, golf carts. No cars, you got to take a ferry over there. I've heard that's cool. 
Any ideas, suggestions? Let me hear. Finally, at May, A-T-M-A-Y, 2-5, how was your 4th of July? Awesome. Except for the fireworks. Dogs went crazy. Um, just just miserable for the entire night and then the entire morning. The old one had uh, upset stomach. The young one just a head case of a 12-year-old and a 12-month-old beagle, so that's kind of how it goes. But it's great. Weather's perfect. Uh, as as some of you may know, I own some land up in Preston County near a river. Go up there sometimes, kick back, start a fire, cook some hamburgers, some hot dogs, have some nesties. It's good. Play some music. And again, just seeing people is fun. I had some friends out there that I haven't seen in a while or haven't seen enough of. Their family. You know, people who you see, you know, more normally than you have, like once in seventeen months. No, 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 far more frequently than that. So that was good. I don't know. It felt like a, a mile marker for me for us. Like, hey, that Fourth of July thing kind of happened. We got to go out and do stuff. Felt good. Felt good until the fireworks started, and there were fireworks last night around my neighborhood too. Fifth of July, a Monday. What are we doing? Enough. How was your 4th of July, though? Anything fun? Anything different? Anything more back to normal for you? Uh, please let me know. Pop it in the comments. Your vacation recommendations for me and your 4th of July experiences. But guess what? That's all for this time. We will see you next time. We will see you. I will see you next time. Maybe I'll have a special guest. You might know him. His name is Chris. If you see him out in the wild, leave him alone. We'll talk to you later.